Hey strangers, you're listening to That Slayer Show, a podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. My name is Kate Schroeder. And I'm Madeline Kane. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 3, The, the Witch. Witch. All right, Madeline, what theme did we watch this episode through today? Kate, this episode we watched through the theme of control. Very juicy, if I may say so myself. I can't wait to get in the weeds about that. Should we start with our one-minute recap? Kita, yeah, I think we should get into the one-minute recap. I'm kind of nervous. This episode was a little all over the place. There was a lot going on. It's a good challenge. Kita, do you want to count me in? Three, two, one, recap. Buffy wants to be a cheerleader, Giles doesn't want her to be. And they go to cheerleading tryouts, and this girl who's uh, trying out catches on fire, and Buffy puts out the fire. Then Buffy goes home, and Joyce doesn't care about her life. Right. And then they go to school the next day, and they have uh, trials again, and uh, Cordelia almost doesn't get in because of Amy. And then it turns out Amy's mom was Catherine the Great and single-handedly <laughs> cheerleaders to regionals. And then Cordelia like kind of threatens Amy that if she doesn't get on the team, like Amy will be really sorry. And then the next day, Cordelia is doing driver's ed and then goes blind and then hits almost gets hit by a bus and Buffy saves her. Right. And uh, Cordelia made it onto the cheerleading team, but Buffy is the first alternate and uh, Amy is the third. And then it turns out that Amy's a witch and then they go to Amy's house to try to f- reverse the spells. And it turns out actually Amy and Amy's mom switch bodies. Right. And uh, then they have to uh, save Buffy from dying because Amy's mom casts a spell on Buffy. And then um, there it then ends up that Buffy's... Amy gets to the dark place. <laughs> <laughs> so a few things just to finish off the end. Uh, Giles saves Buffy by casting the reverse spell. Oh, and then in that spell, it also reverses the body switch between Amy and Amy's mom. So then Amy's mom is actually back in, in Amy's mom's body and Amy is back in Amy's body. And there's a fight between Amy's mom and Buffy where Buffy does this cool thing when Amy's mom casts the spell to send Buffy to the dark place. Buffy like kicks a stand that's holding up a mirror and the mirror falls forward such that when Amy's mom casts the spell, it hits the mirror and bounces back and actually hits her. Amy's mom disappears and it turns out she was sent to a little tiny trophy. Um, Really quickly, Amy, who we haven't really explained yet, is a good friend from Willow's childhood who they meet up with again. Kita, control... I loved the theme this episode, and I did have a little trouble picking it out, except for in the most obvious place, which is where we might as well start, which is Amy's mother's control of Amy, which, you know, has maybe been going on for some time in regards to her mother trying to control her weight and, like, what she eats and has come to the point of her mother wanting to relive her high school glory days and switching bodies with her daughter. I was thinking about Amy's mom in contrast to Buffy's mom in terms of control and the different techniques they use to try to control their daughters. The first time we see Buffy's mom, she is sort of out to lunch. Like she doesn't even know that Buffy is trying out for anything. You know, Buffy saved someone's life at school today and like Buffy doesn't even bother to bring it up to her mom. And then later we see Joyce tries to guilt Buffy into joining the yearbook 
committee by saying if you would stay out of trouble we wouldn't have had to have to move here right basically she kind of blames Buffy for them having had to move and it feels like this weird mixture of her both not investing time and knowing exactly what's going on in Buffy's life but also her trying to exercise control in like a different way by saying hey here's something I did so in Joyce we see a different side of what Amy's mom is trying to do so where Amy's mom is literally controlling her daughter by becoming her daughter through witchcraft Joyce is trying to control her daughter through means of guilt and it's both for both of them it's this idea of like parents you know like living vicariously through their children or like pushing their children to do things that they did It is tempting to draw parallels between Joyce and Amy's mom, but there is the key difference that obviously Amy's mom is like homicidal and yeah, Amber didn't die, but like she could have died from catching on fire. And her mom was also going to kill Amy in a way. Yeah. But worse. And Buffy. And Buffy. (laughs) So even though Joyce is wanting the best for her daughter to the point of like using tactics that are questionable parenting strategies it's not in the same realm at all as what Mamie's mom is doing do you think there are ways that the control Joyce tries to exert over Buffy are harmful yeah I mean I think she makes Buffy feel bad I don't think her strategy of trying to get Buffy to do things that she did in high school is effective. It also touches on how Buffy doesn't have a lot of control over her own life. She's been given this fate as the Slayer, so a lot of control is taken from her in that way. Like, she doesn't have control over her future in some ways. So it just feels to me like another, you know, in Buffy's life, it's just another person trying to tell her what to do. And this is the first episode where she's like, okay, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to try out for cheerleading. And I just really like to see Buffy try to have some semblance of control over her own life in a time when she is so bound by fate. Another thing that I wanted to (laughs) touch on as we're talking about Buffy's mom and Amy's mom is the lack of fathers in both of these families and how, yeah, it's so easy to be critical of the mother figures because they're the ones that are there but I do think we should remember that it's the dads who are absent who could potentially be stepping in you know in in Amy's case like her mom is literally pretty abusive it seems so I just I want to make sure that we're not just like letting the dads kind of get off the hook and I really love that because it lets us look at how Joyce is acting and maybe have a little more empathy for Joyce like she's putting on the first big thing for her gallery and she's having to do all of this work and so she's doing that and being a single mom and her daughter has had a lot of trouble in school and you know while she's not being very present in Buffy's life she clearly is also trying to do everything yeah so I wonder if in some ways trying to have control over their daughters is at all an expression of love albeit poorly expressed I think Buffy's mom I think her control maybe does stem from her you know her love of course because she wants Buffy to also be successful she probably has in mind that she doesn't want Buffy to have to change schools again because that sucks for both of them but I struggle to attribute that to Amy's mom 
just because I think it's hard to understate the violence that Amy's mom commits against her, not only verbally and, and maybe physically, but also just the violence of actually taking away, you know, her life and, and her, and her body. That's, that must be so terrible. It's definitely taking away someone's freedom. You know, she's like locked in the house. Like she can't go to school. Parts of her future are being compromised because she's not getting an education. And she's now maybe 30 years older than she should be. So like she's lost 30 years of life. I mean, that's very, I definitely think that's a violent act. Any other um, moments of control? A fleeting moment at the beginning of the episode, which was obviously really, you know, evident in our theme was the, you know, the opening interaction between Giles and Buffy, where you saw Giles very openly trying to get her to not join the cheerleading squad and Buffy saying, no, I'm going to do it. This won't take up that much of my time. I'll still have time to slay vampires. And I think Buffy really, in that opening episode, sort of sets the boundary with, no, 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 this isn't something that you have control over. I'm going to do this. And you're just going to have to be okay with it. Okay, there's a thing that I have written down, and I don't know how to incorporate it seamlessly into this conversation. Okay. But let's see if this sparks sparks any ideas or thoughts. Power is control over what people do. Choice is control over your own outcomes. And Buffy has power in the sense that she's often in control of her environment, but she doesn't have a lot of choice because she is fated to be the slayer. And in that way, Buffy operates in this liminal space where she is in control of her environment but isn't in control of her own choices like she can't choose to not be the slayer so she doesn't have control over big life choices like destiny stuff but she does have you know control over the actions she takes in every day which vampires she slays joining the cheerleading squad you know there's a degree to which none of us really we're able to choose where we were born, who we were born to, who we were born as. But, you know, we also all have these choices that we can make. We all have to operate within the confines of our given socioeconomic status, biological body that we're given. Well, except except Amy's mom. <laughs> um, she does not have to work in the confines of her biological body. Right. But given those constraints, we do have a lot of autonomy as to how we operate and things we can do to make our lives the most our own, despite those constraints, like Buffy is doing in this episode by trying out for the cheerleading squad. Something that just that occurred to me as we're speaking so freely is I wonder if there's, I wonder how much of a factor white privilege plays into that and just, you know the ability to feel like everything is open to us and the idea that we can you know make any choice and like you know do whatever we want to do and I wonder if that's you know in terms of like control and control over our own lives if that's something that maybe we're taking for granted a little bit as we're having this conversation yeah now that you say that I think that's definitely true cis white men they might have the path of least resistance in terms of operating freely within their constraints Whereas there might be more resistance for a woman of color. 
Right. And so while we maybe have the control over our lives to make, you know, choices in our day to day, there are still like systems that constrict what choices, you know, we're able to make. Madeline, are you thinking about moving into our next section? I would love to. Keisha, what did you like about this episode? So something that started to become a bigger topic as we're settling in you know we know who everyone is we know Buffy's the slayer and we know Xander's into Buffy uh Xander's trying with very little success to pursue Buffy in this episode we saw Xander make a lot of moves at Buffy which in turn revealed to us that Willow is really into Xander but there were two moments that mirrored each other that I really liked in which first Xander tells Willow that she is just like one of the guys and it's like the friend zone, but amplified. And uh, obviously Willow's a little upset. But later we see Buffy in her sort of drunken state tell Xander that the reason she likes him so much is because he's not like other guys. He's like one of the girls. And you see just for a fleeting second Willow's pleasure at Buffy saying this and also Xander's despair. Anything you loved in this episode, Malin? Yes. There was a moment at the beginning that I really liked. So last episode, we really railed on Xander, much deserved in my opinion. But he, there were a couple of things that in this episode that I that he did that I liked. One of them being, he says as Buffy is kind of talking about the Dane, you know, Amber has just caught on fire, and the gang is all meeting up trying to figure out what's going on. And Xander's offering to help and Buffy is saying, you guys don't have to get involved. It could be dangerous. And Xander says, I laugh in the face of danger. Then I hide until it goes away. And I really like that involvement from last episode when he insists on being in the thick of it, despite it being potentially harmful to the overall mission. In, in contrast to like him having a really sensitive ego and wanting to be the man, we see that he's embracing the fact that actually Buffy is going to be the fighter in this gang and he's going to have to be the helper. Yeah, I also love that. It felt like a little bit of growth for Xander. Yeah. Another moment that Xander did that I, just to highlight Xander for a sec, did something I didn't like. Yeah, a little spotlight for our guy Xander. So we know that he has a crush on Buffy. He's crushing on Buffy hard. He gives her a bracelet. And then when the cheerleading list gets posted of who's on the cheerleading squad, there's like a, a swarm of young women surrounding the post and it's hard to get through and Xander's like cover me I'm going in and Xander pushes his way through all of these women trying to get to the list so he can see if Buffy is on the list because he cares about Buffy and I really appreciate the action and caring about the things that the person you like cares about I think that's really beautiful so he goes through all of that to find out if Buffy made the squad and it was it was quite a crowd. But I love that he had he thought he also checked for Amy's name and he told Amy what spot she got. And, you know, I think it's it's kind of nice that he didn't he wasn't so single minded that he only checked for what Buffy did. But he also, you know, checked on their friend, too. Yeah. Oh, Madeline. Anything else? Yes. I loved when is so when they're all in the library and Giles is reading off the ingredients of the potion that will tell if Amy's a witch or not he like says aquaforin and Willow who we know is a computer whiz was just like 
oh yeah that's just nitric acid and iron and like that is so impressive that she would know that (laughs) that's really impressive and she is in high school she's a sophomore in high school so we get to see she's not only good at computers she's also like really good at chemistry and dissections xander couldn't do the dissection on the newt they had to like dissect a newt like pull out an eye or something yeah and xander was like i can't do it and just willow just did it very quickly very swiftly efficiently dexterously (laughs) so props to willow okay madeline were there any moments that you disliked yeah, so when Buffy, Willow, and Xander walk into the gymnasium when Buffy's first trying out for the cheerleading squad, Xander takes his sweet time appreciating the scantily clad girls who are, you know, stretching and warming up for tryouts, and he's being very conspicuous in his ogling, and I think when you're in a, a space, specifically when you're working out, it just doesn't feel good when you're trying to demonstrate your strength and athleticism to be sexualized so overtly. Obviously, Xander isn't thinking about how his gaze is affecting the comfort of the other women in the room. Right. And these girls were doing something that they train for and do seriously and care about. And all of that is sort of just reduced by the fact that Xander's just checking him out. Which is just annoying. What about you? Any moments that you weren't comfy with? There was kind of a thread running through the episode about Amy's weight. And I wasn't always super comfortable with the way it was being discussed. Um, You know, Willow and Amy see each other for the first time in what seems like a while. And the first thing Willow says is, wow, you've lost a lot of weight. And, you know, whether or not that's true, whether or not it's really noticeable, whether or not it seems like it was the result of, you know, healthy or unhealthy changes, it's just not, it's not really okay or acceptable to just comment on people's weight like that. You know, I think it would have been nice if the focus hadn't been so much on Amy's weight, but maybe how she was doing. I just think it's best to not really comment on someone's weight unless they invite you to do so. I have a question for you. Did you have an issue with Joyce's tribal art gallery display deal? Yes. <laughs> so a tribal art display just means other. That's signaling that it's, you know, probably it's from, in air quotes, developing countries. And it's just a problem in the art world in general that a lot of art from the global south is lumped together in one grouping, which absolutely just erases the diversity of the peoples and the groups that the art comes from and just the diversity that exists. Tribal art display, not a big fan. Any other moments, Keita, that you didn't enjoy? Uh, there were just there were just a, a few quick little lines. Giles used the phrase "enslaved yourself to a cult," referring to Buffy trying to get on the cheerleading squad. I thought that was a very trivial use of the word "enslaved," and I I would have loved to see him not use that. Okay, I don't know that I. Okay, like I don't I don't mean to like diminish the word "slave." But, like, can we assume enslave? Can that operate outside of the traditional, like, ideas of slave? I mean, can you, do you think that it shouldn't be used outside of? I don't know. 
Okay. To yeah. Be honest. And I brought it up because I wasn't I wasn't entirely sure. Yeah. I feel like it might be a good word to stay away from just because, you know, the crime of enslaving people was so great. Does that mean that the word can never be used? I don't really know. Do you think that the context of Buffy, a young white girl from an affluent neighborhood, joining a cheerleading squad in her high school warrants the, you know, exaggerated use of the word enslaved? Does that context maybe make it something that we want to stay away from more? I guess it doesn't. I guess it doesn't. It didn't strike me. And that's not to say I, I mean, I do think. We should be careful. I I don't know. I guess I also feel critical of the idea of like not being able to use certain words. I don't want to just like throw that out willy nilly because I do think there are certain words that are harmful. And so I guess I just I'm hesitant just to be like, hmm, this could be harmful. That could be harmful. Let's just not use any of them. Because what if that takes away from the overall impact of the words that really we know to be harmful? For example, the N word you know, the use of the word enslave in a hyperbolic sense maybe isn't something we should throw out entirely. It feels like it warrants a little more careful use. And then I was I was a little blown away by these two Californians' use of Nazi-like and the response, <laughs> Heil? <laughs> I'm not going to say oh it shouldn't God. have happened. <laughs> Uh, Willow and Buffy are talking about, you know, what Willow knows about Amy's mom from their childhood. Willow trails off at one point describing her mom and Buffy proffers the phrase Nazi-like. And Willow nods meaningfully and says, Heil. It's something I expect from German humor. (laughs) So Keita has spent a lot of time in Germany and also speaks German. That concludes for me. Does Does that mean that it's time for Mary fuck kill it's time all right i'm gonna go with giles buffy and xander giles buffy and xander i think xander's humility and devotion to buffy this episode must have been what landed him amongst the ranks of two people that did pretty well so i think we saw it you know Giles being a good caretaker but also interesting and also willing to try something new to you know save someone important to him namely witchcraft like I feel like that could have gone a lot of different ways most of them bad he'd never cast before um so I think that was you know something brave that he did gold star but I I cannot not marry Buffy so I'm gonna marry Buffy Giles has redeemed himself enough for me to fuck him and do you so do you think Giles was hot (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of hard to say i think with like some hipster glasses or just like a different pair of glasses yeah (laughs) or no glasses no glasses like some contacts i worry a little bit that any sexual attraction i might feel to giles is a result of internalized ideas about paternalistic men Mm -hmm. being attractive partners but i mean sure i guess physically he's he's not too bad oh okay and then i'll just kill xander again all right so that concludes mine i have for you madeline amber amy amy okay so amy and amy's body okay willow Ooh, cool yeah 
Amber, I think I want to kill. I didn't love her dance. Okay, like obviously she's talented, but I just thought it was very stiff. It just wasn't my style. I mean, I'm sure she's a nice person, but I I won't ever know because she never talked. (laughs) Sure. Now, some people may be questioning why I even added her. And I thought maybe, you know, the dedication she showed to her sport and, Mm. you know, her tragic accident. And, you know, I thought that might put her in the ranks. Sure. Tragic accidents don't sway me. I'm like, tragic accidents can happen to anyone. (laughs) She's not special just because she had a tragic accident. But she just freaked out. She started screaming and Buffy was like, okay, we'll address this. Everyone knows you're supposed to stop, drop, and roll. (laughs) I thought I would need to use stop, drop, and roll a lot more than I've I've never had to use it. I thought spontaneous combustion was just going to be an actual problem, much like quicksand. And then that leaves Amy and Willow. So Willow... I was taken by her supreme science knowledge. I think Willow would be able to help me with my science homework <laughs> and experiments. Even though she's in high school. Even though she's in high school. So I, I want to marry Willow. Yeah. And I'll, I'll fuck Amy. Yeah. You know what? I can imagine a night with Amy being really pleasant. We could bake brownies, have like a lovely night in, some candles, just really soft and sensual experience. But I don't think I want to fuck Amy. I think I want to make love to Amy. That's beautiful. Thank you for tuning in to That Slayer Show. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, follow us on Instagram at That Slayer Show. And please rate and subscribe. Our cover art was created by the beautiful, amazing, glorious Holly Colvin. And this podcast was inspired by Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. Thank you so much for listening. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) Get him some contacts. Get him some LASIK eye surgery (laughs) (laughs) this podcast is sponsored by (laughs) lace hashtag ad hashtag monetized